So we're at a John uh, Ennis's filmmaker, old friend, documentarian, and his office is in this cool workspace area called WeWorks, which has a lot of production companies, a lot of random stuff, including the Toad Hop Network, which do podcasts uh, with professional mics. Uh, we're using a two tin cans and a string, and there's cleaning people walking around, so you might hear some uh, <laughs> random yelling and random mopping. We're here on Saturday, so I run a tight ship. <laughs> he makes those women work. <laughs> Fuck it. So John uh, directed a, a movie years ago with the UCB, with the original founders of the UCB, called Wild Girls Gone. It's an improv movie, and you can find that on um, iTunes. John. And uh, Amazon, too, I think. Oh, well, then we'll put a link so you can buy it through Amazon, and uh, I'll get a nickel from it. Oh. Yeah, pretty nice. Pretty good. Oh, you should have told me I would have paid for it and gave myself a nickel. Oh, I'll give you a nickel. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, that was nice of you to do it right now, but I appreciate your honesty. Uh, it was an improvised movie. Who's in it? Matt Besser, Amy Poehler. Matt Walsh. And Ian Roberts. Ian Roberts. We saw them come into New York and take it over, basically, yeah. in just a couple of years, rightly so. Um, and now they have theaters Everywhere. in New York. Two they theaters two. in New York, yeah. You are listening to Proudly Resents. Oh, reason. I, I can't even hear you. Well. Hi, this is Sammy Wazell. Uh, proudly Resents. The Cult Movie Podcast. The Adam Biggest Men Show. To all you Proudly Resents listeners out there, just remember, you can't piss on hospitality. How oh, about Oh yeah. Well, actually, what was fun, what I did want to say when I put out when the movie came out was that this thing uh, took so long to finally be released that like people put on weight since we made it and then lost it since <laughs> since like, by the time it was out. That's that's a mark of a couple eras. Also, people's careers had been made, but in that time as well. There's a lot of famous future famous people in that. Um, There's a lot of future famous people in that. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Well, Andy Daly. Andy Daly Seals. But you knew then that Andy Daly was a force to be reckoned with, right? I mean, uh, you yeah. said that's your favorite scene. Yeah, that is my favorite scene. I saw him do a show with Besser where he came on as a political consultant justifying some toxic spill or something. And I was just like, dude, anything for that again in my life. I can't. He's so good. Yeah, yeah. You so, know. so, about the movie, how did the, so it was an improvised movie with the four of them, and it takes place at Spring Break. It's a town where they're trying to ban ass contests. And, um, well, I just want to talk about something that Buckton, you and I have known each other a long time, and I remember. He, you took a class at this new thing called UCB, Upright Citizens Brigade. That was you... a new thing then, yeah. I took yeah. a class from Amy and Matt Besser, actually. I remember you coming home and telling me because we lived together. No, because yeah. we, we pretty much did. <laughs> we pretty much did. <laughs> you, you came home and you said... New York's really small. A small place. Um, that he, Matt got mad at you for using profanity. He got on your case. Oh, that's funny. And, I can and, see don't you, and he said, like, don't... Go like blue or guttural. So then, oh, that's it. That, that's interesting. Great. Thanks for reminding me of that. Because then we lesson. went to see Ascat, which is first of all called Ascat. Yeah. And he just talked about ass the whole time, and I thought, why is this guy yelling at my friend when the, all they do is talk about asses? Well, Besser in particular is is you know the the 
the lord of the province of dick jokes and and ass and profane humor. So he really you rules mean he in knows that domain. To use it or he uses no, it no. Time. Well, he he's very prolific in those arts uh-huh. and is known for it. <laughs> I think little Donnie, the UCB character from their Comedy Central show, you know, will always be associated with him. Rightfully so. I don't know in reality of it, but I think you know, it's uh-huh. far as king of the dick jokes. Yeah, uh, but. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting how much I kept thinking back to the lessons I learned in uh, in that improv class with them. It's just some kid at that point. You and I were doing this cable access show, and and you know I'd been shooting stuff, but I wanted to at least be more self aware. I didn't know if I could perform or not, but I just needed to be aware of it. But I was like, chances are, it'll be helpful for directing. I don't know what exactly, but there were a couple of things that you know he came out and said and. It was interesting because Matt is very like scientific, and then Amy would alternate, and Amy would say things like, you know, she'd just be much more nurturing and 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 supportive. But the first thing Besser said when he came out was, "I'm going to teach you to focus on what's the game. What's the game? And so in the scene, what's going on? You know, and in every like good scene, once it starts happening, you can see that. You know, so when I had first approached them. Uh, Besser in particular, and said, "Hey, I, you know, worked with other, uh, you know, people in common. Uh, if you want to shoot something here, I'd love to uh, to do that." He sent me this uh, outline of something that he and Ian had been working on and wanted to shoot. First of all, he gave me one of those looks that was like, "What? Where did you come from? We were just talking." I mean, he just like shrugged and looked around, like, "What?" And that's like one of those signs. Like he was looking for someone to make a film. Yeah, exactly. You approached him at I.O. West, right? Right. At the bar. Yeah. And said, "Hey, I, I'm from Chicago too. I took yeah, your I class. took your classes. I know. Yeah, we have similar friends. I've done other stuff. You're I'd love greatest. to shoot something with you." How many you know, compliments did you give him? A lot? Did you like? Oh no, I just said that pretty much, uh-huh. and he looked around like, "What?" But you know, and th- and this is also where our show comes into handy. You know, Besser in particular is very much about the. Uh, you know, having built up this scene and seen so many people come through at the UCB scene, and for those who aren't familiar with it, it's 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 pretty dense. You know, it's interesting how much it's grown from like improv classes to teams. <laughs> I just slipped back in your chair. Physical I'm comedy, back. because this is Wild Girls Gone, uh, to uh, UCB has become almost like the uh, the main starting point. It seems like for comic talent it's performers huge. now in in LA in a very very short period of time. They opened the theater just after we did this movie. You know, yeah, like two thousand five. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it really just came up fast, and yeah, it's like because for years you'd say, "Oh, we'll go to Groundlings or go to exactly. Second City," exactly. And now it's you have to go to UCB. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so uh, even then, and particularly from people, it was weird every time I went into IOS because I'd run into people from like my life. It was like an embassy of people from like New IOS York or Chicago. IO is a big improv, improv thing in yeah. Chicago, and they moved there. They have a theater bar here just down the street on uh, Hollywood Boulevard yeah um, and so I don't well, run into people if you turn your iPod to the left you can see right down right the yeah <laughs> so um, oh oh we're already getting um, uh, meditational uh, chimes there okay thanks so um so when I spoke to Besser about that, I remember I, when I was there with you. In fact, you uh, he was doing a show, a show with Sean Conroy, and at that point, you know, it's interesting how you you and I can do a show that had been on cable access for like uh, the sum of five years, not even let's uh-huh. say at best, 
and uh, you put it away, and then you come to LA and you start anew. But what you don't realize is how much someone asking at a bar, like, "Oh, tools! Did you hear about this?" And Sean Connery would be like, "Oh yeah, it was great." And you know, and that's something what's that's kind of what people would say at that point back then. You know, yeah, it was a great show. in the heyday, you know, you, there was a lot more going on, but you, at least that. And that's kind of enough for Besser if somebody he knows knows something, and it's and he knows the other people in common. Like he's very almost like strictly tribal like that so so you mean um, that best so but not just him it was just like all these other people because i grew up in evanston and like i did a little bit of stuff around the theater there and i certainly like grew up going to improv shows and so there's other people i would know in common you know besides that and certainly from the lower east side comedy scene very prolific it's just you know you just run into people so yeah so, it was interesting so but, you said to him I, i'm a director what do you got no, I didn't even say I'm a director. Or I like, I want to shoot something. He emailed me something that I was like, this looks like a movie. I hope he realizes that. And then I realized, like, okay, okay, if he really wants to do it like this, then, like, it's only going to look kind of limited. But if they actually want to do improvised scenes, like, it's going to have to be pretty, like, quick. Now, mind you, this is DV, but they really wanted to do it, like, pretty strict. Now, and if you'd seen their Comedy Central show, it's a pretty intensely uh, production-heavy show. Like, they had get-ups. You couldn't even recognize them. It was. It looked like it was shot on film at the time with the DigiBeta. It was just nuts. It was lavish. And so, uh, the idea of trying to even, like, just keep up with them with a couple DV cameras, I thought, like, would be pretty reasonable. But even that turned out to be really kind of tricky because they're so used to their specific uh let's just show up and do it kind of improv that like you really had to set stuff up and be ready to roll and so in, in the end like we couldn't have done it any other way so how, how much was it scripted was it it was so what we what i got sent was like maybe 10 10 and a half pages of uh scenes it was like 73 scenes maybe and each one was a paragraph and each paragraph read like it was a bit like a, a sketch on its own like a premise and you and it was interesting because you, you know knowing the group i could just see the characters obviously who was playing like who was the sheriff who was the scheming stoner who was the hapless documentarian and then who was that at that point it was actually supposed to be the hellion daughter of the sheriff and then like in the next draft she became the wife and it actually made a lot more sense that way well, it makes sense. And then, he, but the uh, documentarian's father is uh, Neil Flynn, who's about like five years older than he is. Who's <laughs> about the same? It's, it's so ridiculous, dude. But he's so funny in that scene too. There's Neil Flynn, and there's um, a lot of other people, future celebrities. But Neil Flynn's very heavy in the improv scene. And oh my gosh, yeah, he's got his own show now. Jeez. So, yeah. uh, so they would set up. The plot was that they would end up at an ass contest, or yeah, yeah. It's interesting how uh, you know what what is largely uh, set over the the course of a week. And I said, let's just call it spring break. You know, there's it's interesting how what started with the ten uh, ten or so pages of scenes, maybe seventy three uh, scenes. I'd say sixty some of them ended up being used, and. Um, how much uh, when you're putting it together as a film, you you're like we have to do things that make it look like a film. It can't just be the scenes, you know. So it ends up being this montage at the beginning of spring break, so that it establishes what feels like a town, and not just you know the random shots that we pulled off or floated. Well, the random shots of women's butts in the beginning. Yeah, exactly. So where do you get those? You know, how do you pull those? To you know, if and you will. Wait, spoiler: I'm in the movie, but those butts are not. They're not my butt. Right? No, no, uh, no. Uh, yes. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, Clarification. De- legitimizing. 
Where did you get the, the, the scene? So that's what's so interesting is that, you know, you end up doing it and I'm like, no, no, could we have to really like make a montage and put it into a title sequence and make all these scenes, mm-hmm. oh, sorry, make all these uh, scenes actually have some sort of flow and and, uh, and feel like a movie and, and stuff like that. So getting those things. So um, on uh, my parents, they're now retired in Florida when they were just vacationing there back when I went down and pulled off some establishing shots of the quiet you de- resort You had town. your dad walking around and take pictures of women's asses on No, the no, no, no. Just the empty Florida parts, okay? Oh, so okay. the important part is to juxtapose the quiet Florida town with all these partiers, and that becomes like such a ridiculous thing when you pretty much have the production value for neither. So, uh, so I got the shots of the quiet Florida town from Sanibel Island, a very scenic place, and uh, by a stroke of luck, Besser and I were like, what if we go down on like the 4th of July to like Manhattan Beach or something like that? What if? Or we're like, okay, let's see. And we get there and it's like, it wasn't literally an orgy, I'm sure by like 3 or 4 p.m. it would have been, but it was just so many people, so many partiers, so many young people. I gotta tell you, I've been to, it's so funny to say, Manhattan Beach on 4th of July. Just for a picnic, and it was just exactly like you said. Because it's funny, so by a stroke of luck, there was no luck when I went down there. It was just packed with women and men just in bathing suits going crazy. Yeah, like it was chugging. Yeah, it, it, it was, it was uh, stuff like we. It was like freak Nick for my black list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Both of them. Both of them. <laughs> Henry listens. It was definitely a, a white freak Nick. It's so it, that is a perfect the, place for that. The, yeah, Wait, and, when it you ended saw up that, being really important. Well, you and I lived in New York in our early 20s. So sure. You went to college there. Would you have rather been in your bathing suit hanging out there like a knucklehead or hanging out in your black t-shirt and black jeans smoking cigarettes and being cool in New York? Uh, dude, yeah, you can't really top being in your 20s in New York. But at the same time, you can't do New York except in your 20s because it's such a uh, packed uh, hellhole of uh, outrageous gouging at all times that you don't have to, you have to accept substandard living conditions and everyone's angry all the time I didn't realize until I came back out until I moved out here and got distance that like when people just like blow their top at you or something it can be a learned behavior in New York that I think people equate with being good or effective and so I warn you on that going back oh yeah being honest well I'm being I'm just being honest you're a fucking asshole I'm just being honest Like okay, well, anyway, you know, so there's there, yeah, not so much of that. In yeah, I appreciate you saying that as I'm about to go back to New York. Yeah, well, good luck on that <laughs> one, dude. I was just there for like, I went to New York, I did two red eyes in 24 hours to go there, come back, shoot, and come back, a couple interviews, and it's just crazy there, dude. It was July, but still. Anyway, I wish you well. So back... <laughs> so, yeah, spring thing. break. Yeah, that's why you want to move out here and be where spring break comes to you and just watch all these... But I say, in your 20s, live in New York. Yeah, definitely. 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 Yeah, because LA it's... Sucks. Yeah. Well, yeah. For that. Anyway. But, hey, it's, yeah. it's a lifestyle choice. But anyway, I'm glad yeah. to be able to get the footage of the, those people making their lifestyle choices, you know. Yeah. You know, that's what I, 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 I realize, you know, what porn is. Porn is people making poor lifestyle choices for <laughs> you, basically. And so for you to there's watch just or... a little bit, just in general, yes, in, yeah. in life that led to that. You know, it's like, wow, it saved everything, you know. Uh-huh. But the uh, but as far as some of this exhibitionist footage, it's it's beyond the pale of what we could have hoped for, you know. Because there was a central scene about a chug 
contest and you know trying to pull it off that was actually like the the most uh you know belabored scene to try to pull off in the movie because we were losing light and the uh, sheriff had just come the park ranger just chased us off matador beach and it's a federal beach and you need to get all the permits permits hell no so uh we ended up shooting there and so we didn't have time and you know it was just we had to do it really covertly and so suddenly in hindsight, we're able to edit in all these other guys breaking out of chug contests, you know, as if it might kind of sort of be happening at the same place. And uh, and then stampeding and looking and throwing up on each other and things like that, where you're like, wow, this is just nuts, you know? But that's what's good about that little low-end camera. It's like, it's the same camera. That's the thing. It's the same reality. Oh, yeah. It was a DV camera. Yeah, it was the and Canon was... XL1. Yeah, it was the same thing we were shooting on in uh, New York. You know? We did our public access the, show. The tools of the new school. It's, they probably still show out on public access, frankly. The people there so? loved it so much, they honestly probably rerun it, yeah. T-O-O-L-Z. Yeah. We spelled it wrong, by the way. I never corrected you, but... Uh... And I, I don't want to embarrass you now in front of people. Apparently but. you do. Damn, you're New Yorker. I hate your money. I locked the door. Hey, it's what? Adam Spiegelman. Very excited. Okay. But go to our Facebook page, uh, the community of people who like obscure, weird films and fun films. And, and you can post your favorite films and what's going on there. Go to Facebook. Type in Proudly Resents. And if you like any episode, please put it on your Facebook, your Tumblr, your whatever, your Twitter. Let people know. And I appreciate everybody who's done that. That's actually made a huge difference. Later. How did you shoot it? Two cameras just running and, and then you had it and then they did all the hilarious UCB stuff? Yeah, I guess, you know, I make feature documentaries now, and in a lot of ways, the production value was akin to that because you were filming them improvising. That's literally what you're doing. You're filming them in next to, like, basically no effort in costume except to show up dressed as something that person might wear out of their own wardrobe. My scene where I play. uh... I don't remember your scene. What? I do appreciate the only reason I'm in that movie is because you made it. Like when I saw my face prominently there, I was like, oh, I've been friends with the director for seven years. That's why I'm in this movie. Otherwise, I would not, there would be no reason for it. Are you kidding me? That reaction shot is just, just in so informative to the audience. <laughs> How dare you laugh? Um, no, no, it's a scene where there's a pre- I'm one of the press people. So, the press. okay, so I'll explain it. So, here's the thing in the movie, and it definitely, once... <laughs> like, this is what's so funny about making movies this way, is that only at the end, and it's sort of the same thing with documentaries, that, like, you can really explain it at the end, at the very, very end, you've really tread it a million times, and then you explain it, and then people laugh, and you're like, that does sound funny. Holy cow. Like, why couldn't we see that that's what it was about the entire time? And if we did, maybe we would have at least been a little bit more, like, overt or deliberate on some things. But, um, so the movie is about, uh, set in the small town of White Sands, Florida, which is the spring break capital of Florida and known for its world famous ass contests. Uh, the sheriff of White Sands, Terry Moran, played by Matt Walsh, is uh, wants to run for mayor. And so to do so, he needs the elderly vote. And while he does that, to, in order to get that, he needs to, he thinks, 
ban the ass contests. And so to do that, he outlaws ass contests and shuts down spring break entirely while he's sheriff and running for mayor. And however, his uh, wife, his alcoholic housewife, Doreen, uh, played by Amy Poehler, ends up uh, drunkenly subverting his campaign and starting ass contests all over town because she used to be the town's ass contest queen back in the 80s and is having trouble adjusting to this newfound adulthood. After you made the movie, how, what, what was the experience about trying to get it released? And what was your plan when you were shooting it? In your mind, what was the best case scenario? You know, it's interesting uh, as far because you shoot things like that with the immediacy of getting it out really quick <laughs> that's uh -huh. the point is that you shoot things you know like largely handheld you know maybe two cameras you know some scenes i shot all by myself with two freaking cameras set up and there's no space in the house where they're trashing it for a crew you know you're tra they're trashing uh matt no ian roberts parents house Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So the 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 B storyline of the movie is that there is a uh, loser guy working at a video store who's uh, scheming stoner neighbor in their rundown motel uh, convinces him to start to make a documentary about spring break based on having seen uh, ask on uh, ads for uh, wild girls gone. Which is a uh, no girls going wild, girls going, going wild. wild like, oh. No, no relation whatsoever to the convicted felon uh, uh, Joel Francis's uh, girls gone wild. So uh, while they're trying well, I mean, to make this document, the yeah, in the well, okay, of going the, wild. okay, literally this was in. That at that time that we were shooting the film and it took like so long for that to come out. Like so, that's the thing. You, since you, when something's immediate, that's the joke. Is that it's like, oh my gosh, people are acting like spring break is some crazy thing, and it's really not. And mm -hmm. so I could see why in Besser that was so funny. Like, let's go someplace and act differently, <laughs> like, and overreact. You know, I get so. And from that, and uh, you know, it ended up being not nearly as what they'd hoped. So that uh, because spring break's been outlawed. So, because of that, they end up trying to get their own half-assed documentary together of either provoking people into interviews for spring break, faking, staging things, and then they end up finally uh, coordinating their efforts at the very end with uh, Amy Poehler, Doreen, and, uh, and saving the day. They, um, they trash his parents' house. To make their documentary, they need to fund their documentary, Besser convinces Ian to break into his parents' house, and while they're doing it, his parents come home, and Neil Flynn, uh, his dad, doesn't recognize Ian, even though he has only pantyhose oh, yeah, over his head, <laughs> and he's talking in a deeper voice, and Neil Flynn proceeds to beat the crap out of him and, uh, after uh, Besser broke in and trashed their house to begin with. Whose house did you use for that? Uh, I used um, a now ex-girlfriend's house for that. Was she happy about you trashing stuff? She in had house? some idea of what might be involved, but at least you know it's almost not nearly as bad as what a real production crew will do to your house. So was that her house? She had a nice house. Why'd you dump her? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, John. She seems to be doing well. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, or at least it lasted that long. So <laughs> right after you yelled rap. You're like, Listen, it's not me, it's you. It's you, it's me. Whatever, I gotta go. I need a new girlfriend with a pool. 
Uh, she had a pool, the, too. Yeah. What? Right. Oh, that's that's not the point. Well, you see it, yeah, but it was an amazing sequence where uh, Besser <laughs> bashes his way into the house and proceeds to trash stuff under the guise to make it look like a real break-in in order to justify it's, yeah, it's stealing things. <laughs> and how about the, it they, becomes a little, you know, you definitely, I mean, it's just me, a couple cameras, and some talented actors beating the crap out of each other and trashing stuff. And at your best, you want it to be like slightly Cohen-esque, you know? And well, it seems like you were, you, you could make it like, like it's two guys just trying to capture stuff, but you, you, you're so, you want to make it look like a film too. Right, but it's also not just that, there's also things, other storylines going on, and that's what's so fun about it, in particular that sequence, is that I was so excited when I saw this and got to do it, because I love the idea of being able to build momentum for comedy in sequences, you know, where you've got one scene, two scene, characters up in the air, things going, intercutting, they come together, things build, and so at the end, you know, that's a kind of payoff uh, when you know when so they're when escaping from the stolen uh, stolen goods from his house, they crashed into the sheriff who's actually been distracted, dragging his wife away from starting an ass contest that he's been called to. So the entire movie, <laughs> the sheriff is not being called to the crimes that these guys are actually doing because his wife is actually starting problems all over town. How much? How much did the uh of locations did you steal? Like, they shoot in a motel? Were you actually staying at that motel? Or did you just yeah, shoot Yeah, we rented, the, like, two motel rooms for, for, like, a day. And so we banged through a lot of wraparounds um, in and out of that hotel in that in that day. Yeah, we, we had to pay for things we had to pay for. Um, you know, we gave a pittance to a couple people's houses that we took over for, like, a week here and there. But, you know, everybody shoots at some point in the White Horse tavern yeah everybody shoots I've been in like film festivals I see CTVs I see friends I'm like oh you shot there too huh like, why'd you oh, use boy. the real bartender I don't know dude if I'd known like frankly that, well that's how this thing goes in case people wanted to know they, everybody in the movie was essentially a friend of you know one of the UCB4 and performed for them many times and so by the time Amy had come out and we were going down the list she pretty much knew anybody and if it was like one of my two friends who were in here to play Spring Breakers were getting like trying to uh, you know that uh, Walsh interrupts she was like mm, I don't know and I was like well you know they performed don't worry no, no, they're Oh, when she didn't know somebody. Yeah, exactly. Because, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I happen to know a bunch of those people too. And so they kind of assumed that I knew like a crap load more of them after that. And I, I, I kind of didn't. But that's how you run into people like, you know, John Ross Bowie. Yeah, who's great in that. Uh, who's great, Preach. yeah. Rich Fulcher, who I guess is a cult hero now from uh, the Mighty Boosh. Yeah, yeah. Rich is uh, big in England. <laughs> he is. He's I'd love to be big in England, man. He's uh, They're smart yeah, humor there. Uh, oh, yeah, he's huge, yeah. Yeah, you know, he's huge. And he's huge, yeah. David Koechner's in the movie. David Koechner, my God. See, so David Koechner's everywhere, but here's the best thing for me about David Koechner in this movie is that you see him playing the straight guy. Uh-huh. You see him playing a straight man, where here's a guy who does every over-the-top, like, he's the guy who's going to yell the most in Anchorman, okay? What does that tell you? <laughs> in Anchorman, Dave Koechner's going to be the guy that yells the most, all right? So to have him be this incredulous, you know, neighbor who happens with his uh, family who happens across Ian and Besser selling this stolen stuff on the beach is like still might be some of my famous my favorite stuff in this movie famous my famous no it's not famous yet it was, it probably won't be till I die but I'll take that <laughs> but the uh, for when Keckner is 
just so just dubious. And this is like the best thing when these guys get together who just know each other. Like, you, so you you mentioned earlier about Besser saying things like "Don't go blue." Like, you hear certain lessons, and I it took it frankly took me years to really understand them. He would say things like "Play at the top of your intelligence." And then exactly like you're saying, say this, you know, dick poo poo stuff and whatever, and you and it's hilarious because it's fucking him and he's a genius and you're like whatever, but yeah. But how do you make it? It always is funny, but but you're trying to jive that with what you're doing, and so that's. But you're at the same time you're saying yes and you know, which Mm -hmm. is the 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 critical thing where you're not just literally saying yes and, but you're supporting whatever the reality they're painting. And so what you see in these kind of things, which gets so funny to me is this yes and and playing at the top of your intelligence so he's pressing him where he's saying you know he's like really this 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 i gave your dad this oh really this no no i'm pretty sure i gave your dad this yeah see it's 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 from the <laughs> it's, it's made out of pewter like oh i, mean, I, I didn't know that he's like well what are you doing here oh well we were just uh, some guy asked us to watch this stuff on the beach and i guess he walked away and so it creates this extended ridiculous sequence which uh, is all improvised, which gets worse and worse because the sheriff shows up and then his parents show up and uh, they're all trying to stick to the story. And so, uh, but Keckner is being like, <laughs> being like, like, it's almost, it's a little unbelievable. <laughs> he's like, the way he's like dragging it, like, he's like, your childhood is staring back up at you in the face. It's like, he's like, all these ways that you're saying yes and at the same time playing it at the top of your intelligence. And that's what that means. Yeah. You know? And it's like you, you know, like a lot of what's funny, you got to see it and do it. And then you like look at it after the fact and understand like we did with public access. Why is that funny? Oh, because of the person's reaction. They didn't know it was a joke and we feel in on it. So now it feels as long as we get that reaction from people, then we know we were entertaining people or we shock people, and that's right, what the was UCB was doing at the same time back in New York. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, so let's talk about distribution. You got you finished this film, and then you know it's interesting. At the time that we were doing this, and the Wild Girls Gone ads were going on, we wanted to actually make ads like the Wild Girls, like I'm sorry, the Girls Gone Wild. Our own Girls Gone Wild ads because it was videotape distribution. That's all it was. And it was making money hand over fist. And I'm like, let's just do that. And it's How disappointed some fucking high school. You know, well, it, you, you, but you put card. it on Comedy Central and it's like, well, spring break. Oh, and yeah. It yeah. was canceled. And then, like, a quick ad, you mm-hmm. know, for the UCB. Um, so the, here was the problem about doing that super fast. Let's just throw a bunch of talented people together on that camera that you know so well and edit it and make it into a coherent movie after the fact. There's there's this thing called SAG. Uh-huh. SAG is, stands for Screen Actors Guild. And what the Screen Actors Guild does is represent actors as a trade union, which is good, and uh, negotiates collectively on their behalf in this huge industry in Hollywood where this started. And in order to maintain their sense of propriety, they need to keep their uh, union members in line. And that can come in the form of cracking down on other productions that didn't sign on with union members ahead of time and make sure that they were paid with the money in real time. And so uh, once you do things with SAG, you have to do everything with SAG. And you have to do not only give them a bunch of 
time notice, which is already wasn't going to happen. That was already a lot. <laughs> paperwork. We weren't even doing locations, dude. Forget about yeah, that. Yeah. So, like... So you had no paperwork for yeah, no, yeah, you didn't do the paperwork. And then you should allow, I think, seven, eight weeks before you shoot to engage with SAG. And I encourage people to do that because they'll want to help you <laughs> because, you know what? They can not help you after the fact. They, they can sit on your film. Uh-huh. And they cannot make you... They cannot let you get any distribution. So that's what happened. That's what happened. And so in the end, when it finally got cleared up, it was, you know, you had to pay actors, you know, their couple hundred bucks for their appearances. And so people who showed up for something really quick were psyched years later to hear something about that. But, uh, you know, more importantly, you're able to finally get someone to sign on. So, uh, but uh, yeah, in the end, we had to pay them like 35000 It wasn't that much. That was about what we shot the movie for, actually. Literally. How much? So like 35000 or something, just to, to clear it up. Actors. No, no, just to either? SAG. Just for in, in fees and everything else, and not all that distributed much. Distributed that money to the actors. I, you know, you, you paid the know. actors, but I think with all the fees and all the penalties and all that other stuff, it wasn't that much money. As my point, in the end, compared to everything else, but uh, it's worth doing it right ahead of time. If you've, you've done got it right, so you've many done people, people for free, or you could. No, no, you can't really get certain people for free per se. Like actors in one scene, or Andy's in one. Everything scene. you can do, everything deferred. Yes, yeah, so you can do all kinds of stuff, but you you got to do the paperwork. You know, that's what Instant mm-hmm. Films was. Was something else that you know I, I made a bunch of films with and we got top-notch talent Mike, like Matt Walsh actually because Peter LeBeau co-produced the movie he grabbed a bunch of the uh, cast that, you know and pulled them in instant films over the years so you'll mm-hmm. see some interesting people in those things and so same thing yeah deferred but you got to set it up but so, instant films uh, didn't pay but in case but, it did they had the paperwork set oh really yeah well that's why Peter's a really good producer that, <laughs> yeah so and that's and so when I brought him in this was the, him telling like four improvisers he's like well you should form an LLC and, then, and they're like now well, you should get a lawyer and you should get insurance he said you should get insurance and then he, he made them do that, and they did that. And that's the kind of stuff that you it's do. It's weird that they would argue, because they're improvisers. They should say, yes, and. You get insurance, <laughs> yes, and. Get yeah, it. I guess it was a little surprising for me. It's like, you know, I'm not by any stretch of the imagination, certainly at that point in my life, uh, a professional filmmaker or one used to doing things right. Well, you are now. Don't say that. Now <laughs> I can say a lot it. about lights, okay? But I didn't know how to light things then, per se. I didn't necessarily understand. I knew when things looked lit naturally and that that looks use it but you know i wasn't expecting a a heck of a lot to begin with i certainly wasn't going to throw a bunch of grip and stands and people at it but even then i was kind of racing to keep up with what they wanted to pack and then they're like you know a normal dp would be like well let's just rehearse the scene so i can see what we're going to shoot and they'd be like well let's shoot the rehearsal and i'd be like okay let's shoot the rehearsal and be like well, no, I have to see where they're going to be so I know what we're going to shoot. I have to actually put the cameras in a way so we'll see how it's going to But it seemed fall. like you set up like a couple cameras and they just stayed in that perimeter. That's what ends up happening. Yeah. Exactly. You get your camera set up in a house, you take it over, you light it, and then you, yeah. So a so ridiculous what, amount of scenes. Like all the Amy and uh, Walsh scenes happen in a ridiculous short period of time. You know, we shot with her for maybe just a week over Thanksgiving or not even. And we shot you know the crowd scene at the end you know that's that was improvised to the point where we didn't know how that scene was going to end that's the last scene in the movie while we were shooting it we didn't uh-huh. know how it was going to end okay <laughs> and so uh but it ended up being perfect so um i don't want to give it away but right. pay for the movie so that they know that people saw it but yeah no people like it i'm glad it holds up but and certainly when people realize how many famous people are in it 
this wasn't at a time now. I mean, nowadays you can get HD on your smartphone. You know, there wasn't HD on cameras then, so it's really not going to ever it didn't look, look. I mean, like it was that. on my computer. It didn't look so bad. And that's it the thing. Look it looks it looks pretty like fine actually on that kind of uh, format. Um, but uh, you know, it's uh, essentially a documentary to that end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very cool. Well, check out uh, Wild Girls Gone. You can buy that on Amazon. You can buy that. On iTunes, you can buy that on my site, proudlyresents.com slash wild or slash UCB. Let's do that because that make people come to the site. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well. Proudlyresents.com slash UCB. Yeah, Kate Flannery. Oh, that's a good one. She's, she's in this. Great, she's huge, man. Yeah. She was a waitress. Oh, really? She was a waitress when we were shooting that stuff. Now she's like Americana, dude, on The Office. <laughs> Like all the office merch out of there, dude. That's like I realize that's not just a big show. That's like Americana, dude. I was in Cleveland on my documentary, and in the back of a pizza place, I saw a picture of her up, like with like other women from the office. Like my mood is this, my mood oh, is that. And she was like, my mood is drunk, my mood is hungover. I was like, wow. You well, know? let me wrap this up, and we'll start again and talk about your documentaries, so I can split this up. Excellent. Two episodes on it. Uh, a little behind the scenes. Prowlerresents, prowlerresents.com. Go back and listen to other interviews, other shows. If you like it, uh, go on Facebook. Your Facebook. What are you going to laugh, fart, belch? You're turning around. Cough. I shouldn't look at you when I do this. Goodbye. I should just do it. Uh, prowlerresents.com. Why did you say don't use the M word? What's wrong with that? The M word? Yeah. Mother. Magic. Magic. Please. What, dude, what did I just say? Although you... We <laughs> just did like a half hour. You did not say that word at Sorry. all. Oh my god. I thought it was off. Prowlersins.com and join our Facebook page to talk about films you like, films you've seen, and you can get Netflix for free on Prowlersins.com slash Netflix. And if you have a favorite Netflix film, let us know. Alright, that's about it. Bye. Eat the vegetables. Adam, that, we're, we're out of time for this interview. Hollywood Boulevard at the Walk of Stars. Downstairs is none other than Don Knotts. The stars. So the stars in the Hollywood Walk of Fame in front of your office, John Ennis's WeWorks office. Robert Urich. Uh-huh. Don Knotts, I saw that was cool. Sidney Poitier. Right. Judge Judy. <laughs> Wait, there's Judge Judy, Sidney Poitier, Don Knotts, all the bridges, Bo... Luke, Duke, all the bridges are in there, and then Judge Judy and Don Nuts. And some, uh, yeah, basically. I know them well. Do people, do you see tourists walk by those stars, and, like they have no idea who a lot of them are? Certain people, yeah, yeah, and certain people I have no idea, but I'm, I'm excited when I see certain people react. I think I saw, like... A mom stop and point to Don Knotts, and that made me happy. You know, oh, that's cool. but I, I had to go home and rant about this on Facebook. I did see a little boy, maybe six or seven, wearing a Star Wars T-shirt, uh, walk right over the star for Sir Alec Guinness, and not pay any respect or homage whatsoever, and that kind of broke my heart. Well, he's not in his Star Wars movies. No, it was the vintage Star Wars. It oh, was the was? first Star Wars. Yeah, it was like he was on his shirt. I was you like, that guy's on your shirt. You're walking on his star. That's how old him. is your daughter? Uh, two. Oh, <laughs> not yet. Yeah, not we, yet. yeah. I think yeah. It's helpful that people upload videos of like showing their four year olds 
Empire Strikes Back when they're like, I am your father. And they make a YouTube video of their kids like, <gasps> so I'm like, oh, that's good. So I know at four I can do that.